Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Author Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Susan Violante, Associate Editor of Reader Views, filling in for Irene Watson. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 161 in our series. Tonight's topic will be how to position yourself as an expert to the media with special guest Mary Ann Reed. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we are on the line with Marianne Reed, an award-winning author and entrepreneur who has been featured by countless media outlets, including USA Today, Essence, Glamour, the CBS Early Show, and the Wendy Williams Experience. Marianne's first book, Sex and the Single Sister, Five Novellas, was published by St. Martin's Press when she was just 25 years old. At that time, Marianne had no idea that a few stories she wrote in her journal would become characters and later a book. But she quickly learned the power of media and pop culture and their influence on publishers and decision-making. Because of the popularity of HBO's Sex in the City, she hit the zeitgeist. She sold her first book without it even being finished. Then she signed on with St. Martin's and with the support of a great agent. Uh, many books later, Marianne teaches others how they can sell their own books, attract agents and publicity, and half the time they could do on their own. Her third novel, Marry Your Baby Daddy, was published. Marianne was able to address a social issue that she cared deeply about and start a new movement. As a result, she has been profiled in The New Yorker, Newsweek, Oprah.com, NBC Nightly News, and many other outlets for innovative approach to life and its complex issues. Well, good evening, Marianne. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Um, I had the chance to visit your website, and I actually subscribed to um, a, a little booklet that you give away as an ebook. So oh, uh, I'll be hearing from you. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm a fellow Thank author, you. too, and I'm trying to do all the things and tips that you have on your website. So uh, I'll, I'll be taking notes again, as usual, in this author show. Um, okay. Marianne, you have five books in um, out there, and which one is the most popular one? And maybe you can tell us why. Uh, yes, I do have five, and the most popular one is my third one, Marry Your Baby Daddy. And I think it all boils down to how I was able to take a novel and make it a media sensation, which is very hard to do with fiction. So that's what makes the book so different. So I created a, a big, big promise behind that book that I teach my clients how to do. So essentially, it's so popular, and it is my most popular book because I took fiction and I created a reality. And the reality I created was I do an all-expenses-paid wedding for 10 loving couples with children. So I actually took the story, which was about three sisters who have to marry their baby daddies in order to inherit $3 million, and I made that a real-life event. Wow. So basically, you're, you're, with the story in your book, you went ahead and just created, um, um, a, I want to say, a, a mission in, in your life of, of marry, help people getting married. Is that what you did? 
Well, the, yes. Well, the mission was to um, highlight the high out of wedlock rate in the urban communities, uh, specifically black community, which is almost 70%. So my novel was about women who had children out of wedlock. The three characters had children out of, out of wedlock. So I took that issue. It's a real social issue with a lot of social implications, and it's tied up in policy and all kinds of things, and lots of papers are written about it. So I actually took that issue and made it into a platform where I can speak about and speak to a whole new audience and bring my book to a whole new audience who otherwise would not have heard of it if I did not create a big, splashy, beautiful wedding. And how I was able to create that wedding was I got so much publicity that all kinds of companies and and, and sponsors just wanted to give me free things to make this wedding happen. That is so cool. So I, I just want to clarify, the wedding was my effort to increase and stabilize two-parent homes. Yeah, and uh, and that way you were getting closer to your mission, which is and then a genuine thing because you do have a, a genuine interest in um, uh, remedying all these children that uh, don't have a married couple as a foundation. Right, who, who are either born to single parents or... Uh, don't have a father in the home. So I was highlighting um, the importance of two-family homes and strengthening that oh, family. Oh, I, I love this because I'm all about uh, missions and goals and, you know, and, and <laughs> kind of do what your purpose in life is. So this is wonderful because at the same time gave you a great uh, publicity. But I wonder, yeah. is, is this something, this type of strategy would work only for recent published books or somebody that has a book out there could actually uh, revive um, their book by uh, utilizing a strategy like this? Oh, they can actually utilize this strategy to relaunch their book. And this strategy is also great for, for authors who already have a book coming out or who have a book idea and they need to attract attention to them like agents and publishers. So essentially, it's really about just stepping out there in a big way and increasing your visibility. Do you have any advice for authors who have trouble publicizing or marketing fiction? Because, um, you know, I'm one of those authors that I love to listen to what uh, publicists are doing. I, and I actually launched my first book in 2009 with a, a big firm and everything. And, oh, great. And, and I have, you know, I still have trouble, uh, uh, now that I'm doing everything myself, I have trouble understanding um, how do I go by getting the word out there where it counts. You know, I mean, what tips can you uh you know, let us know, well, what tips can you give us on marketing and publicizing your your book when it's coming out, especially well, the fiction? Yeah, because fiction is pretty tough. Um, I say, you know, nonfiction and fiction should be marketed the same way. Uh, fiction should be treated like a real issue because what we're writing about in novels, and that's all I've written, I've written novels, is that you have to, you're writing about something real, you know. So there are themes in there about depression, grief, separation, sex addiction, uh, whatever, uh, obesity, uh, or eating disorders. There's something in there that's real that an everyday person can relate to and needs help with. So if you can find how your book solves some kind of problem, maybe the, what the characters were working with or dealing with, and how that translates into real life, that's the first step. So you're going to create a promise from that 
to your audience. And you're going to give something back to people. So what I did, I married people. I gave them a whole new, you know, um, a next level in, uh, in their relationship and uh, a legacy to leave their family. So what authors can do, instead of just wanting uh, people to just buy, buy, buy their book, why not give something back to, the, to your audience and, and make a promise that um, can carry on and help them solve their own problems? So suppose my book, you know, features whatever, uh, maybe uh, rescuing animals, okay? Do I go out and create some kind of animal adoption event and then contact the media? Or give us an idea of, of how you turn a real-life event into something the media is interested in. Well, I have the, the first indication, and I explain all of this in my Sell It Before You Write It Home Study System. Uh, that's available on my website now at sellitbeforeyourwriteit.com. But once you have your your book and you create your promise, it, it can't just be something that you're just going to do to get some attention. It has to be authentic. And it also has to feel a little too big for you. It has to be a little uncomfortable, maybe even a little scary. So if you were my client, I would probably ask you, can we think bigger? Can we think bigger than that? Uh, so I, we would be working together in how to up the ante, maybe create a couple of ideas, things that you haven't done or not comfortable doing so that you're able to stretch yourself. And that's what I did because there's no way a rational thinking person is going to put their name on the line and marry 10 couples. They have no idea where they come from and marry them without any control if the wedding will ever happen. But I did it, and, and I got rewarded handsome, handsomely for that. And that's what I push my um, clients to do, is to stretch out of their comfort zones and take it step by step. So I also want them to look at their audience as romancing their audience. You know, your readers, your audience, they want to be wooed and wowed. They want to fall in love with you. How do you do that? How do you how do you engage them? So that's that's the step by step process I take and go with, through with my clients. That is awesome. Um, um, a lot of um, I've noticed that a lot of the books that are coming out um, they're young adults, and uh, there's a lot of memoirs coming, especially from independent um, writers and authors. And the reason I want to concentrate on this question on them is because they're just mm -hmm. booming, and they're the ones that are probably on very tight budgets to hire publicity or publicists to mm -hmm. do their publicity. So mm -hmm. if I was to put an event, in my, and I am a budgeted person, because um, you're telling us to go over our comfort zone. So right. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, always be conscious of your what your budget is when you're going to create an event. And so, no, um, no, you have no budget. Because a lot of the people that I work with, they're not going to just shell out, you know, $300,000 to marry 10 couples. That's not going to happen. Or even $10,000, even $5,000. So how you know you have a powerful promise and a, and, a, and, a, and a good platform is when it's too big, you're a little scared, and then when you share it with the media, they fall over themselves just to try to talk to you. And that's how I knew I had a very compelling um, platform and message uh, in Marry Your Baby Daddy because as soon as I told uh, maybe 10 local media editors that I was doing this, it spread like fire. 
that I was doing this wedding. And that's when I know it was bigger than me. It was a machine that I, I couldn't control. And after you get the publicity, that's how you get the support and the, the donations and the sponsorships. I would never tell my clients, unless they're very, very wealthy, to put their money into it because that's not how it works. It's a give and take of value, not of, of money. It's a commitment of, 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 of that you're going to do to get this goal out, and, and then everything falls into place with the publicity. Basically. Right. So if, if it's big, if it's a big enough commitment and it interests the media, the, the publicity is, is just a given, and you will attract people to help you meet your goal. And, and, and I don't work with every kind of client. I don't work with every kind of author because this concept is a little different. So my ideal client is usually a solo entrepreneur who has a book and wants to turn that book into a business. So those are the type of people I work with. So I usually work with authors who they want more than a couple of, of reviews and an interview. They want to leave a legacy, change their lives, change other people's lives. They have a movement. So I like to work with people who have a great big vision for their book and future. So how do you coach this, um, your customers? I mean, now we understand that, uh, you know, there's um, uh, solo entrepreneurs that are using their book uh, to create an enterprise for themselves. So um, how do you coach them into increasing their visibility and attract opportunities for them? Well, I take them step by step uh, through a customized, my customized sell it before you write it system. So that's all available on my website, exactly how I do it, at booksandbugs.com. So when I say customize, every coaching client has a different kind of goal. So I take them step by step through my process and figuring out what's the promise we can create to their audience, how we can make that promise feel good, how we can also create a system around that promise so that you're able to keep people engaged and keep people coming back, and also how to create a message that attracts the media and attracts your audience. So all of that together builds a compelling and and an addictive platform that takes the book to another level. So give us the top five things that authors do wrong. Well, one of the things is they spend too much time on social media. I don't think I have to say anything about that. They don't Well, no, please do. <laughs> they, a lot of my clients come to me burned out from social media. Uh, they don't leave the house. They, they want to sell books using Twitter and Facebook every day and are disappointed and burned out when they realize it doesn't work that way, that they first have to create their message and their platform, clarify it before they share it with others. Um, another thing that I see that they're doing wrong is they're doing it on their own. They're not asking for help for whatever reason. So um, they spend a lot of time uh, working by themselves, not investing in their book careers with coaches or products, etc., and really not only investing in themselves but using and implementing the steps. I also see a lot of authors doing wrong is hiring publicists who who um, don't necessarily know, don't necessarily give them the results they expect because the author isn't clear of the message for the book or the audience. So the publicist is left to kind of create something out of thin air, and you have two disappointed people at the end. So that's a big no-no. Um, 
The fourth one is that authors are, don't have a platform. They write a book that they think people want to read, and then they don't cultivate that book into a platform where they can speak, write, and build a business. And finally, the fifth thing, wow, I think there's a, a mindset that you need as an author. Uh, everybody's publishing now, and you need to have a mind. Well, let me tell you what they're doing wrong. They have the wrong mindset. There's a mindset that's too focused on my book, my writing, what I want, and is not focused on what the audience what the, the audience wants and what the audience needs and what the market needs. Serve people, serve the world with your book. You will get paid handsomely for it and you'll be able to fulfill your own personal goals for your family, for your children, and also for other people. I'd rather live that way than to live all day on social media just hoping to sell a book to a stranger. I think that the the myth, in, in the, especially in the booming authors that are coming out, uh, independent authors, is that once you write the book and it's published, um, that was your job. And they think right. that, um, that's how it is with traditional publishers as well or uh, big publishing mm-hmm. companies, and it's not true. It's still a lot of work uh, to be done by the author afterwards. Oh, absolutely. It's just the beginning. Actually, you should start marketing your book before you even write it. That's why I call my system Sell It Before You Write It. To keep the author in a, in a marketing mindset, in a success mindset, in a, in a mindset that's bigger than they are. So why should authors work with a coach? I'm glad you're, we're touching the... the that what what's, what should they be looking out for, and and why will a coach make a difference? Well, one thing they should look out for is don't get coached by someone who's never published a book before. It's easy for anyone to call themselves a publishing expert because they know people or they read a couple of books. But if you're if you're an author looking for a coach, look for a coach who's been published like myself. So they've been through the trenches. They've been through the process you are going through. So they know how it feels. You need to find a coach who understands you and your situation. And another value or a major value of having a coach is that you have um, someone who can help you see a bigger vision for your book because you just can't see it. I can't see it sometimes from my own work because, I'm too close to the book. I look at the book every day. The book, I dream about the book every night. It's, it's just sometimes you need someone to sit down with you and say, this is what can happen and take you on a journey to, to, to see your book in a, in a new light. And also for accountability, you want someone there who you can brainstorm with, who you can collaborate with, and who can hold you accountable so that you're not repeating the same mistakes you're not doing all the work by yourself anymore. What is the difference between a buyer and an, and an audience? Um, I know that we a lot of times confuse uh, buyer for audience, and I do that all the time. I think mm-hmm. that all the audience is going to be my buyer and that all my buyers are going to be my audience, and that's not <laughs> But I do. Uh, you know what? You are so far ahead of so many authors to even say that because many authors don't even know how to articulate the two or the difference of of even using them in the same sentence. A buyer is someone who's just going to buy your book. You don't know where they live. don't know what they care about. You don't know how to get in contact with them again. They may not even finish your book. So there's no connection. There's no value created. You just get your $10 or a dollar if you're published by a major, and that's the end of that. But when you have an audience, 
they may not buy right away from you, but they will eventually, and they will support you, and they'll be your cheerleader. So your audience will build and sustain your career, and they will also help you make money not just from your one book, but from opportunities that the book brings you. So an audience will will blog about you uh, endlessly. They'll share your, you know, words of wisdom with their Twitter friends and Facebook friends. Uh, They may actually be, because someone prominent is in your audience, you may get speaking engagements and writing assignments for national publications and in radio spots and things like that. That's what an audience does for you. So I always tell my clients, build your audience first. Will your audience be related to your target market? I mean, if, if you if you realize the authors write more or less the same type of books, and I'm not one of them. I have picture books and uh, historical fiction books and all kind of mixed in in my own platform. So I'm not that type of author. But I've noticed yeah. that a lot of authors just write more or less the same type. So their audience is basically related to their target market. But at the same time, not necessarily all of them will be your buyers. Is that what we're saying or... Exactly, exactly, because they won't all be your buyers because everyone in your audience is not going to be from your target market. So, for instance, with my book, Marry Your Baby Daddy, my target market for most of my books are, you know, working professional women between 28 and 44 who live in a major city. And most, and a lot of my audience is diverse. I have black, I have white, um, et cetera. But with Marry Your Baby Daddy, I was getting a lot of older audience. Um, introduced to my work are people who connect with the values of marriage. So I was going to 55-plus white conservative male. So I wasn't looking for that audience, but they somehow found me because of my topic of marriage, which is a big political thing, especially when my book was out on the bush because he had a healthy marriage initiative. So because of that, you attract all kinds of people when you're building an audience, and all of those people can bring you publicity and opportunities. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> what about some of the, the basic things like uh, press releases and and doing a blog and stuff like that? Does that fit into your plan? Yes, absolutely it does. I think I like to, to tell my clients before you even open a Twitter account or create a Facebook page, create a blog under your name on your own platform. You have to have your own home. Don't promote yourself and build your platform on someone else's platform. Twitter does not belong to you because you have a handle and neither does Facebook. If you create your own platform on a WordPress.org template with your own domain name, that is your platform, your business. So we, we, I tell them to do that. And usually I like to do that towards the end when we talk about systemizing this, um, creating a home for your audience where they can come back and keep um, hearing from you. And press releases and things like that are very important. I do have press release templates. However, I have my own way of communicating with the media. And a press release is a little bit, um, I have my own version that is more, uh, is a, it's warmer than a standard press release and it's shorter. And my clients have found it very successful. Great. How about uh, book titles? Most uh, self-published authors come up with horrible book titles. Do you have a way of of coaching them or or rules of thumb or something like that? 
Yeah, I think um, I haven't coached anyone on a book title in a while, but I think it is a vital part of marketing. So titles should be tested and they shouldn't be sentimental. So you should be looking for titles that are somewhat, well, before you create your title, take a look at the New York Times bestseller list. That's what I tell people. Look there. Look at those titles. Look at the best-selling wow. books. What are those books called? How many words are in the title? And that will help you create your own title. Because many titles, when you look at the best-selling list, especially New York Times, they're usually all major publishers, that's something that's either created by a literary agent or created by the editor. And it's very market-driven to entice or ignite something. So it's not sentimental to the author, and it shouldn't be. It should be market-ready. Right, and they've already paid for the focus group, so why not use the same <laughs> method? <laughs> right, exactly. Barilla, there you go. <laughs> Barilla, uh, uh, organ, uh, getting information in a Barilla way. Um, I do have one question on that, though. Uh, when you're most of us that started uh, in the independent publishing didn't have a clue when we started. We just had the book idea and we wrote it for X um, amount of reasons that we wrote it. Now, when we think of the title. Um, I already have my title of the book. Can I make it work? I mean, is there any tips that you can give us for people that were not saving enough when they came out with the with the book? And let's say the issue is one in within the fiction, but the title does not call out. Without changing the book title, uh, how can I they adapt what they have to, for example, what's uh, current in the news? I mean, what tips can you give to somebody who has a a book that they came out without uh, being thinking of their its marketing. Let's say um, my book is not catchy. I didn't look at the New York Times. Is there a way that you can, uh, I mean, are there any tools out there that can help you, um, uh, any tips that you can give an author to when they revisit their book? What should they look for um, in, in the physical book? Because in reality, that's what's going to be out there is the picture of the cover, is whatever uh, reviews they're going to have. How can they play with that so that they can relaunch the book? Well, I think there needs to be a clear intention on why the book needs to be relaunched. Is it an issue of money or they feel that they can do it better this time? So we would start there. Like why, what is the intention to relaunch this book? And if, it's, and if it's money, it probably is not going to work. But if there's a larger intention there, um, the book needs to be looked at through another angle. So the, the it, novels have tons of angles. I'm a trained journalist. I can find angles in anything. <laughs> so novels have angles. Nonfiction books have angles. There's endless ways you can promote something. And it doesn't always have to be an event. It could, also, it could be anything. So um, standard steps would, of course, to be um, to, to start to position themselves as an expert. So instead of going back to your book and relaunching it as, okay, this is my book and this is how I'm going to approach it this time, start to sell yourself. Start to position yourself as an expert in something that you wrote about in the book or subject matter that um, that was highlighted between the characters or in your nonfiction book and start writing, start blogging about this. Create yourself, reinvent yourself as an expert and then position yourself as an expert to the media. And then once you do that, and I show my clients how they can also um, be part of the um, 
the Rolodexes of these reporters and editors so they can be contacted and interviewed on special topics of interest. So sell yourself for your relaunch. Too many people want to hide behind their book, my book, my book, my book. Come out. Come out and be seen. Come let people look at your face and, and know who you are. That's an excellent tip. Thank you so much because that's exactly what I hear people talking. Well, you know, but if I have to redo the cover, and it's not all about the book. No, it's you as an author, as an an expert. Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you. Yeah, I think you may have just answered my next question, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, I mean, some authors I see they're sort of confused as to whether they're branding themselves or a series of books that they're writing, or the the main character of the series. And mm-hmm. What kind of advice do you have for figuring out which which is the important part? That's an excellent question. Um, I think you should brand yourself. That's first and foremost, because once you can do that, people are going to be curious about your book and they'll open up a platform for you to talk about this great character that you also want to franchise into a series or what have you. Uh, People want real things, and you're real. So I tell my client, you are real. Your character isn't. So in order to get the attention of your audience, you have to show up as a real person people can relate to. So start there. Yeah, I guess if you look at, you know, John Grisham, Stephen King, it's it's the person that's, that's selling, really. Exactly, and those are great examples. Jackie Collins, one of my favorites. Uh huh. Yeah, especially Stephen King, because uh, you see Stephen King and you know exactly what they're. What to expect? Yes, it's just synonymous of of, of his book. So I, oh, this is my favorite author, by the way. So. Yes, you know exactly what to expect. It's comfortable. You don't have to spend hours reading the 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 synopsis of what this one is going to be about. You just click on Amazon and go to your bookstore and you pick it up because you know what to expect, and that's what people want. They want to get to know you. Well, great. This has been a lot of fun, and I know Irene will be very sorry she missed this show, and I want to thank you uh, for coming on. And and do let us know all the different ways that uh, our listeners can contact you. Oh, yes. Uh, You can, well, listeners can go to booksandbuzz.com. And if you're interested in my home study, Sell It Before You Write It system, you can go to sellitbeforeyouwriteit.com. And they can also call me toll-free. I have open hours for any kind of questions on Mondays at 877-612-1077. Great. Wow, that is great. I hope all my authors call you. (laughs) (laughs) I welcome them if they do. (laughs) All right. This has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about tonight's guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode, Writing and Publishing Legacy Books with special guest Ronnie Boggers. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. For Reader Views, this is Susan Violante. And I'm Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.